0: to
1: Dial It Up. I'm Mike Notta. And I'm Randy Radicott. The series of podcasts contains a, a number of conversations we've had with educators about the role of digital technology in the classroom.
0: The first few episodes you'll hear are conversations with some of the spotlight speakers at the recent Riding the Wave conference held in Gimli.
1: This episode is part two of Mike's conversation with Alex Kuros from the University of Regina.
0: Okay, so getting back to talking yeah. about doing K to twelve is um, how young do you think we should start addressing this stuff? Like what age? Well,
1: yeah. So I mentioned the talk. Uh, since we we have kids of you know uh, you know age age ten or eleven, it's pretty. It's, it's going to start there. Like, kids are going to have social media accounts. Uh, it's prevalent. And that's the average. So we know that kids are even earlier uh, than that. Um, I, when I speak at schools, I, t- I typically work with kids from grades three on. You can do it earlier as well. Grade three and four or five, that's a different conversation. But six, seven, eight, you can already talk about... Um, like I always check with schools because, you know, what the climate is. How how much can I talk about things like sexting? And how directly can I talk about that? Uh, typically, I don't use the term even, but even inappropriate um, images, you know, so you kind of bring down the terms so they know what you're talking about, but you don't need to use some of the inflammatory terms as well. Right. But those are, you know, thinking about... Uh, you know, from the grades three, four, five, uh, you can easily use lots of examples of how um, something. There's a, there's actually an interesting video. It's called Oh, the Flame Fart Kid, basically, and it's this this video. If you if you look it up, it's about a, it's kind of like a, a parody of a kid who. Uh, you know took a lighter and decided to pass gas and and uh, then he, then it got on the internet and it's a fun it 's a, a fun one for those ages and then it got on the internet and his you know he was harassed for it and it became known as the flame fart kid but it 's a good one for that like and, and then the message of well this this uh, relates to anything that you do that might be something that 's cool with your friends, but you throw a camera and you upload it to a million people, it damages your reputation. You, you know, then you don't have to talk necessarily at that age directly about sexting and so on, but later on when they're ready, developmentally ready for those those hard talks, so you talk more about those things. So it's sort of like building the same narrative uh, from an early age, being less detailed about it. Um, you can be te- uh, technically agnostic. You don't have to talk about Snapchat particularly or Instagram because these tools might change, but it's around, around those, you know, the ethical behavior um, you know, what that means, how we respect one another. You can talk about that at an early age. And then as, it, uh, as you go, then it becomes a bit more specific about privacy and privacy settings and um, making sure you understand, you know, what are the things that you want to make public? What are the things that you want to make private? What are the, what's the social norms that you build with your friends in terms of having cameras and sharing things? Because it's not just you building your digital identity, it's every kid that takes a picture around you. So how are you implicated in that? So how do you build social understandings with your friends to make sure, and that that applies to like, you know, from grades. Once they have a camera to, you know, I have, I, I know like undergrads who... Are going to become teachers and as you know when you're in a BEd program you're an associate member of our of our you know saskatchewan teacher federation um, so if you are out there um uh you know sort of decline or i forget what the term is but basically making the teaching profession look not so bad uh, not so great um i mean you're a lot you, you could be you might not ever be accredited or or given or certified um, or um, you might, if you have certification, you can lose it. So, so I, I noticed that you know young bargoers or whatever they're doing are very thoughtful about, you know, this is, these are our careers. We're in, we're in taking a BEd or whatever program you're taking. Let's be smart about this. But then you got that other friend who's not in the norm, who's not in the college, and I'm going to throw up, you know, pictures or a bystander or whoever else. So you know, creating some of those social norms and then beyond that, there's like, well, how do we accept that? Like, do we take one image, uh, one tweet, one artifact from a child's life or a teen's life or a 20-year-old's life and say, this is what you are. Like, this is, you. you are racist in this time. You expressed yourself as a racist at this time. And then we say, forever you're a racist or forever you're a misogynist or forever you're... A drunk, or whatever it might be, yeah. like, do we blame right. them forever for that? Um, like we, uh, there's, you know, at some point we have to forgive, and we. I think the last generation yeah, it's was a better. very
0: unforgiving, very of yeah. media,
1: yeah, quite often. I can tell. I mean, we, I, we, I can tell you in Saskatchewan we have a we have a premier, and I'll get political here. We have a premier who uh, had had a DUI at one point, who uh, at another point. Um, uh, I believe killed someone in, in a went through a, a light or traffic light or something like that early in the morning. So there was uh, um I mean those are both you can find in the news. But I mean he's a premier. So like there you know there's people do make mistakes. I mean and, and I and from a social media perspective there was a a guy um years ago Nathan Tone, I think he's from Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, um was uh Uh, he he sang sort of an off-color song at a Ryder game um, about the uh, Edmonton Eskimos. And so there's a kind of a song that you may have heard if you've ever been to an Eskimo game, very off-color, very racist, but, um, and with some swears, and someone took a video of him, put put it up on YouTube. He was about to get a really good government job, um, and he was declined that job because of that social media presence. But down the road, this guy turned around. He's, he's got a great social media presence today. People probably forget that. I probably reminded them of it. But um, like, we, should, we should always remember that there's the, forgiveness should be available. And we should not be so... Um, you know, I, I want to jump on the bandwagon all the time when I see someone I don't like do something a long time ago. But at the same time, it was 20 years ago, 30 years ago. What have you done since that rectifies right, that? Or at least yeah. in some ways, you know, absolves you of some of that. Yeah, shows you've learned from that. Yeah. It sounds more like a, yeah. a preacher yeah. than <laughs> <laughs> Talking about forgiveness and so on. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But it's a reality, it is, I think, yeah. because, you know, we, as educators, we talk about learning from mistakes. And yeah. We've heard that in several sessions. Yeah. Yet, we don't seem to let go of that outside of that oh. area yeah. so mm-hmm. yeah okay um, the next one here I got is if, if, well you've obviously you're talking to teachers now but what what do you think are just to maybe hit on a couple of the key ideas that you think are most important to be addressed uh, maybe that's a tough question yeah I don't know like, like
1: number one is get to know their world like get, get to understand like every ch- opportunity you can get um, talk to a kid about what's going on. What's, what's on your phone? Like, what are the, what are the apps going on? Uh, and maybe every kid, like if you're in a kid 12 classroom, not every kid's going to talk to you about it, but um, most teachers know what kids will tell them what's going on. And, and not necessarily about the drama that's going on or playing out, but like, what are the new apps? Tell me, you know, tell me what's going on. Show me what's, what's cool to you. Um, showing a genuine interest and, you know, just kind of getting a sense. Like when Snapchat came out, there's all sorts of stigma around it. A lot of teachers just said, I'm not going to touch it because it's. Right. Um, but like you should know because your kids are on it and, you know, it's playing out. So you should know how it's being used. So that's, that's the first step to understanding. Like um, and getting a kid to convince you like why you should have that. Like getting them to think like, is it positive at all? Um, so that's the, the, the one of the big things. Um, understanding the history, I think, really matters in terms of. Where we're going and not even just the determinist and instrumentalist and media studies stuff um, but you know understanding even I you know I talked about um, Edward Bernays today and about public relations and about how people from a very early day have uh, shaped our um, shaped our desires and wants mm-hmm. like it's created you know he was a foundational in creating consumerism like the idea that we know buy and consume apple for iphones and whatever else i mean that all starts with Bernays, because after the i mean if you look historically you look at the post-war economy um people come home but there wasn't like everything was cool but there wasn't an appetite for people to buy things like you got around i buy pants they last a long time i'll just keep those pants and i'm good do i need the best host and the best you know The newest and greatest things so they had to invent consumerism like to drive the appetite and to create an industrial economy a stronger industrial economy so the 50s and 60s prospered from that Um, then eventually you know everything changed but this is just an extension of that so uh, at some point i mean we've got everything that we have but now we need all this digital gear like think of the you know the the largest companies on the planet like apple for instance most of what they share like most of what they sell is it's intellectual property It's or it's digital property. Things that don't exist versus something like Amazon that's shipping, you know, nuts and bolts and whatever else to your, you know, those are really big sh- models. Although, it, of course, Amazon's a different model in itself. But it's really interesting that some people are just sharing ideas. Like, they're selling ideas and making trillions of dollars. Like, what's your overhead on some of the stuff, right? Like, yes, there's patents and music royalties and that sort of thing. But... Um, yeah, you know, most of the business that Apple does isn't hardware. I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> must be, but yeah, you know uh, that's, well, it's that's about a big understanding part of this. what's going understanding on. Understanding what's going on, the historical pieces, but not just about ed tech. Like it's just not about ed tech. It's about we have to have a better grasp on our historical understandings, uh, all related to this consumerism, even psychology. Um, uh, Bernays came from Freud's school, um, just understanding how people can tap into our inner desires, and that's what's happening on on social media. It's our our our, our want to connect, to be wanted, to be loved. All that stuff happens on our devices, and we're, we're drawn to that. It's not about it's not what you know. It's not so much what Facebook offers us as a as a software package. It's what Facebooks offers our soul as some way of connecting. To another person on the planet of feeling connected to someone else um, you know and you know uh, most of the apps today are social apps and there's a reason that they're selling connectedness they're selling uh, a cure to our, uh, our loneliness I guess
0: yeah yeah and, I, and part of that I guess is that is that realization that' it's, the technology is actually humans uh, yeah. Well, I mean, there's bots of things now, but but it's based on that social interaction and yeah. connecting and
1: yeah, for sure, yeah, yeah. so they're, they're basically in some ways they're selling us what they're taking away from us, <laughs> yeah, yeah, selling us connection while at the same time making us feel less connected yeah yeah yeah, okay, Kind
0: of related, I guess, is um, we hear in the media and lots of people that it's this I don't know if you all call it a knee-jerk reaction, but the reaction that blame the medium it's yeah Twitter Facebook etc are terrible things uh, our phones are destroying us mm-hmm. Google is making yeah. us stupid yeah. all that kind of uh, thing what, how do you you know in blaming it for bullying and all those yeah. issues what do you? how do you comment about that
1: I don't blame the, the apps I mean they're inanimate <laughs> I don't blame them so much I blame the Silicon Valley developers for some of this stuff um, Facebook, you know, um, you know, the the Facebook has uh, shown itself not to be worried about privacy, Mm -hmm. who has sold our information, um, doesn't do much about whether it's catfishing. I've had, you know, experience with that, Um, whether it's catfishing or whether it's bullying. I mean, in the U.S. they have. Some, uh, I think there's a guy from Yale who helped them with some bullying detection algorithms. So if you are, you know, Googling stuff around, or if you're, it can kind of tell if people are about self-harm or that sort of thing. Like there's some algorithms that do that. So great. I'm glad they brought those things in. But at the same time, it doesn't do much for verifying profiles. It doesn't do much to react well to bullies, uh, to parody accounts and so on. Um, Twitter aids and embeds a lot of, um, you know, negative, uh, like, uh, Twitter and Facebook, I mean, election-wise, um, they, they cause all sorts of problems. Like, they sold advertisers to, you know, uh, if you want to get political Russian sources and who serve to divide humanity. So, uh, I don't necessarily, so I blame both the execs who allow this to happen and I blame the um, the 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 actors who um, to exploit you know sort of loopholes or even mm-hmm. some might some might say it's not even loopholes it's just the foundation of what Facebook does Facebook allows you to manipulate people through its like that's that's the business side of Facebook Facebook you know from a consumer side it allows me to connect to whoever else the price I pay is that I'm being influenced constantly right? so it's so it's it's Facebook's platform it's it's inherently wrong their business model is inherently wrong um but what it offers us again is a chance to connect so but we pay a price nothing is free right yeah Yeah. i guess
0: the it's a very it's more nuanced than just saying phones are terrible
1: yeah yeah i mean phones are great i like being able to you know hear from Mm -hmm. my kids whenever i want um you know, Messenger is a fantastic app. Facebook is a fantastic app. Um, but I, you know, I paid a premium for my iPhone XS Max. And, uh, you know, they're getting more and more expensive all the time. Right. But if I go to use a social, you know, I'm paying for that app, uh, paying for that phone. And, uh, you know, every couple of years I, I get another phone. So that's, I paid monetarily for those things. But if I want to use some other social apps, uh, because I don't pay for them and they're just software, or just services um, I'm paying for them in my information um, and the manipulation that comes with that
0: what we uh, want to do with our podcast series is to leave our listeners hopefully we'll have some with a question or a, a provoking thought that they could take away and maybe discuss in their own staff rooms or yeah. you know on, on Manitoba ed chat or whatever and I'm just wondering if you have something for us to think about as we finish up
1: I guess, I mean, put me on the spot here, so I don't know what would be the best <laughs> question, but I, but I think ultimately it's, you know, how how will you as an educator, um, even if it's a small change, like how will you better engage with, um, and I didn't talk about it a lot here, but, you know, kids are creating some amazing things online. Um, tools like uh, TikTok shows some incredible creativity. Uh, kids are engaged in it. Um, yet... You know they might participate in that but forget their homework um once in a while so i guess how will you um as a, as a staff member well, first uh, as, a, as a teacher um or, a, or an educational leader first try to better understand um what kids are doing and what the capabilities of those environments are um, and then how Given that knowledge, would you try to reshape your classroom in a way that uh, could be more inviting, more engaging, and more authentic? Okay. Thank you very much and uh, for your time and hopefully have a good rest of the conference. I will. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks. That's it for now. Thanks for listening.
0: And thanks to the Manitoba Association for Computing Educators, MANACE, for sponsoring these podcasts. And thanks, too, to Tofu Stravinsky for the soundtrack. See you next time.